This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. My name is Mike Opelka, and I will be here today and Monday. I'll be ending the year on the Glenn Beck program and kicking off 2017. Coming to you live from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Delaware, the first state to uh, ratify the Constitution. I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to have returned to the show. If you don't know me, I hope we get to know each other over the next couple of days. I am part of TheBlaze.com, have been part of TheBlaze.com for officially, well, next week, officially six years. Next week, I will enter my seventh year as part of TheBlaze.com, written over 2,500, almost 3,000 pieces for The Blaze, and you can see them on TheBlaze.com. I encourage you to visit The Blaze, as well as other news sources. I'm a guy who believes that We need to take in as much information as possible in order to understand the whole picture. Try and see it from as many different points of view as you can and try and find as much truth as possible because I'm a person who believes the truth has no agenda. Today, today I want to do a couple of things. Uh, Obviously, we, we are going to deal with the fact that Vladimir Putin just alpha mailed Barack Obama in the biggest way I have seen to date. That's absolutely right. Putin just alpha-mailed Obama, dropped the mic, and walked off. What am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. We are also going to introduce you to a hero, a veteran, a retired Army vet, who is doing something amazing right now. He's uh, doing something. He's not asking for money. He's only asking for attention and awareness, and we're going to talk to him, a real hero. We're also also going to talk with uh, a doctor. I I was fascinated by the story this week, you know, heartbroken as well, the story of, of Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds passing away, mother and daughter passing away within 24 hours of each other. What a tragic story. But the speculation that Debbie Reynolds may have died of a broken heart and the theory that, hey, could that really happen? It made me think, uh, we, need a, we need a medical professional here. 
So we're going to talk to a medical professional today and get an opinion on that. A guy who has been, he's, he's on TV all the time, but he's, he's got an operating practice in uh, different parts of the country um, than I'm based. And he's a, he's a, a very clear speaker on topics of health. And as heart disease is still killing more people in this country than anything, we need to be aware of that. So can you die of a broken heart? We'll find out later. Uh, this is also the kiss-off of 2016. So if you want to join me today, uh, you, can, you can talk about what, you're, what you are not going to miss from 2016. The phone number here, all, lines are always open, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-2325. Share your thoughts. You can tweet at me as well. My Twitter identity is at StuntBrain. It's all one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. And uh, use the hashtag, what I won't miss about 2016. What I won't miss about 2016. Uh, One of the top things on my list, if we could prevent it from happening in 2017, would be man buns. I'm really sick of the man bun. If you only knew... How silly it made you look. If you, if, you, if you had any idea of how the majority of us, and maybe you don't care. And maybe I'm jealous because my hair, which had been very long for years, is gone. Pretty much. But 2016 has been probably uh, the most troublesome year in my life. And yes, there were blessings in 2016. There were new members in our family, uh, our extended family. There were new engagements in our extended family. There were wonderful things happening. I was given the opportunity to do a nighttime show on the Blaze Radio Network, which I do from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. I hope you will stop in for that. And uh, so many other things just to be thankful for. But there are things that I am... I'm very happy to just wave bye-bye to 2016. So you will, uh, you'll be open. I, I welcome you. I welcome you to share your, your thoughts about what you won't miss about uh, 2016. Now, the news from yesterday, we heard for quite some time that Barack Obama was going to retaliate, was going to respond to, to Russia and the reports that Russia meddled in our election. And yesterday we got the news that, in fact, the president was going to uh, give. And, and this to me seemed like a game show. You've got 72 hours to get out of the country. Pack your bags and get out, Russia. Thirty five diplomats or people masquerading as diplomats were told they have to leave. And they were going to close these two compounds, the one 45 acre compound in Maryland, massive place that the that the Soviet Union purchased back in the 70s. I wonder what happens to that. If you tell them they have to get out, I wonder wonder what becomes of that property. Are we allowed to then go in and search it? Are we allowed to see what's been going on in there? What what will happen, Russia? Uh, You know what I need? I need to light up the Buck Sexton symbol and see if Buck will call in and explain. I know he's getting, uh, he's on vacation, but he's also working on something else for today. I think he's filling in for Rush Limbaugh, actually. But, um, but this morning, uh, all of the mainstream media sources were reporting, oh, my God, Russia's reacting. 
Russia's going to react to uh, to President Obama telling the 35 uh, diplomats they are expelled. They have 72 hours to get out and reciprocity was going to happen. And so this morning, the mainstream media was full on reporting that Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov had told Putin, we must retaliate. We must expel 35 Americans from the country. And, and I can't tell you how many times I heard this morning the phrase tit for tat. Yes, we get it, mainstream media. But they, they're still saying it, but despite the fact that that's not happening. Lavrov told Putin, quote, we cannot leave such acts unanswered. Reciprocity is a part of diplomatic law. And Putin's spokesperson said there is no doubt that Russia's adequate and mirror response will make Washington officials feel very uncomfortable as well. Little did we know how accurate that statement was. Putin, as I mentioned earlier, has just alpha-mailed Barack Obama. Totally alpha-mailed him. And I, I think this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Putin basically laughed at Obama and called this, uh, basically called this an 11th hour temper tantrum and said Russia won't cause problems to U.S. diplomats. Russia will not deport anyone. Russia has the right to respond, but will not engage in irresponsible diplomacy. That's one mic drop right there. Vladimir Putin just told the president of the United States what he did was irresponsible diplomacy. And he saved, he saved some even bigger shots. He called it kitchen diplomacy. Although we have the right to retaliate, we will not resort, resort to irresponsible kitchen diplomacy, but will plan further steps to restore Russian-U.S. relations based on the policies of the Trump administration. Boom! But wait, there's more. Vladimir Putin congratulated Trump and the American people on the new year. And he did something. First of all, when Putin says this, you know it's got to tick off the Obama administration because Putin just really, he really did drop the mic on Obama, calling him a irresponsible kitchen diplomacy, his move. But now every one of those Russian diplomats has got to know that they are being watched even closer. Every one of them has to know. And let's not forget, earlier in the year, we had a situation where an American diplomat was trying to enter their compound and was tackled to the ground by a, by a Russian uh, police and or military person because they, they were claiming they couldn't identify them. Russia's been messing with our diplomats for a while, and this is a big one. But Putin played an even bigger Bigger card here. Not only did he he congratulate Donald Trump, the president-elect, and the American people, wishing him a happy new year. He invited all of the children of the U.S. diplomats in Russia, all of them, to come to the Kremlin and celebrate the holidays. Obama lost the diplomatic war on the way out. Let's face it, 21 days from today, we will have a new president. 21 days from today, it becomes the Trump administration versus the Obama administration. 
he said, Putin, in his exact, in the translated words. It is regrettable that the Obama administration is ending its term in this manner. Nevertheless, I offer my New Year greetings to President Obama and his family, my season's greetings to President-elect Donald Trump and the American people. I wish you all happiness and prosperity. Now, part of me believes that uh, Mr. Putin has his tongue planted firmly in his cheek, and he doesn't wish us anything close to happiness. But what he did here was the ultimate checkmate move in this diplomatic battle. It just, it's just a piece of brilliance. And will I get in trouble for praising a guy like Vladimir Putin? I don't care. That was a great move. Obama was Obama and Kerry this week have been so outclassed on both the Russian and Israeli problems. The only words I have for them is by Felicia. If you ever wanted an example of a cacistocracy, a word I've used before, a word Glenn has used before, government by the worst possible individuals, you have to look no further than President Obama and John Kerry on the situation of Israel and Russia in the past week. It's a, it's a stunning example of the cacistocracy that we are currently dealing with. It's amazing. I have to exhale. I know I got all wound up. We just started the show. Mike Opelka is my name. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you know, I have I have so much more to talk about uh, because because there are so many things going on in the world today. I, I want to uh, wrap up some of the memories of the year. Uh, we will we will recall some of the people who have left us. And uh, since since the media is focused on celebrities, I want to focus on some people who who left us in 2016, who were big difference makers, people you may never hear about. People the media seems to gloss over because they didn't have a movie out last year or they didn't sell 100 million records. But how about somebody that saved 500 million lives? One person. Do you want to know about them? They lost. We lost them this year. I'm going to step away for a minute. When I get back, I will, I will share with you the story of, of someone the media doesn't seem to be talking about, but we should be. At least, I think we should be. New from Disney and Pixar, in association with the producers of Where's Waldo, comes a major motion picture for our time, ripped from the headlines, especially if the only headlines you see are on HLN. She's lost and all alone in a great big world, flushed from the headlines, trying to make it back home. Is she in the woods? Is she out of the woods? Is she in a coffee house? Is she being hacked by the KGB? Or in the secluded underwater prison, a captive of the evil Trump fish? Finding Hillary. Just keep voting, just keep voting, just keep voting. The latest post-apocalyptic post-election animated classic featuring a two-dimensional candidate in a three-dimensional political world. Finding Hillary. Opening Friday. Ready G. Whiz, will you get over it? We have one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Opelka is my name, filling in for my friend, my boss, Glenn Beck, on this, the final Glenn Beck Program of 2016. We are discussing many topics, both the latest news and news stories and stuff we won't miss when 2016 finally leaves. And I think someone's actually calling in uh, from Florida. I missed the name. Who's with me today? Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Hey, Alex, I'm jealous of your weather and your golf courses, but what won't you miss about 2016? Um, Well, I guess I'm optimistic to think that it won't happen in 2017, but uh, I'm not going to miss disinformation, uh, truthfulness or truthiness or uh, uh, post-truth or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I tried to, I, I joined every single uh, Trump um, fan group on Facebook I could find. Not, to, I, I don't comment. I just, I just read and I try to understand what they think because uh, you know I'm very different from them, um, but also similar in some ways. But it's, it seems that the things that get the most likes and the things that are best received are things that, with just a couple minute uh, check, uh, and, you know, uh, if, you, if you have the ability to check on the internet or you know get a computer at a library, I don't know, you would find out that it wouldn't be true. Um, That's true. Little yep. things, just like little, but also huge things. Yeah, um, there, there are there are many misconceptions and mistruths still being spread, and I think we have to be vigilant. And somebody said to me, you know, not just to our own, but also to the snowflakes that we've been mocking. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'll raise my hand. I mock the snowflakes every day. But what I think we need to do is make sure we educate them. Each one of us has to teach someone. Uh, I, Alex, I got to jump because I'm up against a hard break and I have to share the story of a person we lost this year. Thank you for joining the show. A- anybody can call in today, 888-727-BECK. 888-727-2325. The guy I wanted to tell you about, I know you're all thinking, Antonin Scalia, you want to talk about Justice Scalia's death? No, that was a huge death. That was a massive death. And thankfully, it looks like we've weathered that storm. And we will have a Supreme Court that with, with any hope and luck and, and clear, clear choices from President Trump, We will have a Supreme Court that will defend the Constitution going forward for decades. I hope and pray that in my world, Justice Ted Cruz would be a wonderful gift from this uh, new president. But the guy I think we need to we need to salute and and say, God bless, rest in peace, is D.A. Henderson. D.A. Henderson died in August. He was a doctor, a doctor who basically saved 500 million lives. Wait, what, Mike? How come we never heard of him? Henderson was a guy 
who led the eradication of smallpox by taking the smallpox vaccine around the world. He decided to do this in 1966, led the World Health Organization's war on smallpox, and by 1977, the last known case was found in a hospital cook in Somalia. The disease has been officially eradicated as of 1980. And yes, we keep examples of it around to make sure that if it pops up, we can fight it off. But rest in peace, Dr. Henderson. You are one of the true heroes. Now, what, what are you doing on New Year's Eve? I want to tell you about a, a really wild fireworks show coming out of Dallas, Texas. And it's, uh, it's fascinating. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. It is Friday, the last Friday of 2016. My name is Mike Opelka. I'm typically heard on uh, the Blaze Radio Network in the evenings on uh, a show called Pure Opelka, which runs from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday and Saturday mornings. If you like what you're hearing here, I invite you to join me. You can also see what I'm up to. If you go to theblaze.com, and on the webpage, there's a, a button at the top that says Channels. You can click on Channels and follow me, and you'll, you will get uh, my, my updates all the time and see what I'm up to, stories that I'm working on, etc. I would appreciate it, and uh, I would love to have more followers. We have a loyal group of stunt brainiacs who do follow the show and have made it a reality to to take it to five days a week, which or six days if you count the Saturday show, things are things are happening here, and I appreciate uh, my buddy Glenn Beck trusting me with his show to wrap up the year. If you would like to join in the conversation, you can do so at uh, at Twitter, my Twitter handle at StuntBrain, all one word, S T U N T B R A I N, and uh, the phones are open triple eight. 727-BECK, that is 727-2325. I was going to give Glenn a hard time for putting his name in the phone number, and then I realized that my own cell phone number ends in M-I-K-E. So I would be, I would be, uh, I would be in trouble if I made fun of him and I did it myself. So, uh we were supposed to have a guest here. There's a big fireworks show in uh, Dallas, Texas, happening this weekend. A big fireworks show from the Reunion Tower. Are you aware of the Reunion Tower in Dallas, Texas? It's a pretty cool structure, 500, 500 feet tall. And if, um, if, you are, if you are watching television and watching the fireworks on TV, CNN and Fox and all the networks will cover the fireworks from around the world, typically starting with Sydney, Australia. And you'll see the fireworks coming off the bridge 
Uh, in New York, you don't see too many fireworks. You just see the large group of people who would be gathered in New York City. And by the way, New York is uh, a little nervous this year. Why? Because ISIS has tried to make New York a target, as they have tried to make many big gatherings this year a target, especially during the holidays after what we had happen over, um, over the Christmas holiday in Berlin. And so around Times Square, there will be 65 sand trucks making a, a, effectively a, a barrier. And there will also be another 100 trucks blocking the, the square of Times Square, but not just right up close. It'll kind of make a protected perimeter. They've also, the NYPD, they, who, who are just amazing, the NYPD has been checking out all the parking lots in the area, looking for rogue trucks. They've been going to truck rental places to see what's going on. Times Square, which should be filled because the weather is not going to be too cold, Times Square will have uh, probably close to a million people. A million people this morning, uh, on, uh, on New Year's Eve. And if you've, if you've ever been there, it's kind of an amazing thing because you get a million people on the street. And the one thing I don't, uh, I don't understand is uh, how do those people stay out there for all day long without really getting to a bathroom? Because they can't. The, uh, the bathrooms typically in the hotels that, and the hotels and the restaurants that are right there at Times Square – they are kind of on lockdown, and it's, real, it's really difficult to get past security. The, the two times I have worked Times Square on New Year's Eve for broadcast jobs, if you are working and you are overlooking Times Square, you're usually doing it from a hotel, and the hotels get on lockdown at 4 o'clock. So just being at the hotel, there's eight hours where you can't get in. You can get out, but it's very hard to get back in. And a million people on the street in those, in those pens that they have people all locked up, the little metal pens, it's, it's almost impossible to find a bathroom. I don't know how they're doing it, and I don't want to know. But uh, I, I will be watching from the, the comfort of my home. We tend to watch the New Year's Eve broadcast with Kathy Griffin and Anderson Cooper. I find them funny. If you don't, I'm sorry, but I think they're entertaining. Now it's getting a little uh, a little predictable. And I will tune in. But after after you watch the midnight show on the East Coast and you watch whatever pyrotechnics they show you from the East Coast, I encourage you to hang out because and this is how small the world is. As I mentioned before, I'm broadcasting from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Delaware. And as I sit here, a neighbor of mine is in Dallas, Texas, not far from the Blaze headquarters. My neighbor happens to be a, a pyrotechnics genius, a wizard, uh, a guy who is capable of putting on a an incredible pyrotechnic show from just about anywhere at any time, which is why I tread lightly around him, because you never know when something's going to go off. Uh, his name is Dennis O'Regan, and he is with Melrose Pyrotechnics, the company that's putting together the, this incredible show tonight, or not tonight, tomorrow night, from the Reunion Tower in Dallas. Dennis, I know you're working like 24 hours a day, so I appreciate you giving us a couple of minutes here. How's it going? Hey, Mike. Uh, we're doing great. We really lucked out with the weather down here. Um, 
all of the pyrotechnicians that came down from our Chicago office are really pleased to be here in the milder temperatures than they're getting <laughs> up in the Windy City on that show. Well, you've got a real interesting task here. And as I look at, at fireworks shows that I've witnessed, both at baseball parks and, and being in New York for decades, watching the barges on the, on the East River and, and watching them just shoot stuff up, you're doing this from a, a structure that's 500 feet in the air and has a geodesic sphere atop it. Is this, is this a challenge, a dream, or both? It is absolutely both. Uh, it's, it's a great structure, and uh, while we're used to designing and producing shows off of flat or slightly domed surfaces like rooftops and so forth, this is a true 3D opportunity here because it's a sphere and we shoot – uh, effects both radially and tangentially from the sphere, uh, not to mention from the base and from the columns that support the sphere. It's really so much fun, really. What do you have, a bunch of Spider-Man guys climbing up the side of the tower, putting, <laughs> putting the charges on the building? Well, some of them do wear, uh, you know, uh, harnesses for fall protection and so forth. Uh, but uh, there is a roof within that sphere. Uh, there are three stories uh, within the sphere. Uh, there's a restaurant. There's a Wolfgang Puck restaurant in there, and there's an observation deck. And there will actually be people inside of an enclosed space within the sphere while the show is shooting out. Wow. And this sounds like the biggest undertaking uh, the Reunion Tower has done uh, in in its New Year's Eve stuff. Is that am I correct on that one? Oh yeah, it's it's the biggest show that uh, Reunion Tower has done. Uh, we we have been this is our third year here, but uh, first time we're doing New Year's Eve from the tower, and uh, it's a really nice show. We've just got. Uh, just from a technical standpoint, we've got over three miles of cable connecting all of our modules. We've got 82 positions with numerous pods in each position. It's very complex. It's taken months to plan uh, every tenth of a second of the show. So months to plan, tenths of a second will matter. How long will the show with music and pyrotechnics and lights last? Well, we start a minute out uh, from midnight uh, with a count up, as we're calling it, uh, to the ball, and because uh, the ball's not going to move unless we succeed in spinning it off into spin. <laughs> wow, I'm a little silly there, but you know, when when you're designing a show like that, you let your uh, fantasies take off, and you try to imagine what a viewer would like to see happen as you're as you're shooting these effects on angles, you know, that trying to make that sphere actually turn. Uh, but um, you know, it's. It's a lot to install. We try to visualize um, what we might like to see happen. Uh, we've designed a vortex coming out of the top of the ball and uh, numerous chases and waves wrapping the ball and then chasing up the uh, tower. And to complete the answer, it's about an eight-minute show all total uh, from when things really get crazy at midnight and We'll be controlling the time uh, from the atomic clock in Boulder, Colorado, so it'll be exactly midnight, and all of the show is controlled by uh, digital time code and uh, synchronized to an audio track, and there's going to be a satellite uplink and everything else. Wow. So there you have it, Central Time Zone people. You don't get shortchanged this year. As a matter of fact, you might just have (laughs) 
some of the best stuff you're going to see. It is uh, my buddy Dennis O'Regan from Melrose Pyrotechnics, who is leading it from the Reunion Tower in Dallas, Texas. Dennis, I am. I usually fall asleep about twelve thirty. I am staying up this year just for you to see your work. Oh well, thank you, Mike. And I, I hope it all goes off as planned. I'm sure it will. I, I know Dennis's calm demeanor is what makes me feel comfortable in this. I know that inside he's swirling, but his calm demeanor makes me feel comfortable. When he pushes that button, it's it's all going to work. Have a great New Year's Eve, my friend. I'll see you back in the woods. Hey, thanks. Good talking to you, Mike. Take, Take care. care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's, it is amazing, isn't it, that we, we, we live in a world where at any given time you could walk down the street and run into a friend who's then going off to Dallas to put on the biggest fireworks show, the biggest pyrotechnics production that city has ever seen. And we'll all be able to watch it because CNN's going to carry it live, which I think is very cool. And I, I wish my buddy good luck on all of his efforts, but I don't think he needs it. Uh, when we get back, I want to talk about some of the strange stuff going on in the world today. Um, I'm very nervous about my technology listening in on me, especially since a judge just agreed with a police department that if your technology is listening to you, it can be subpoenaed. We'll talk about that when the Glenn Beck program continues. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck program. Mike Opelka is my name. I'm hosting for my buddy Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. And I posted on Twitter earlier today my question of the day. I'm very nosy. I want to know what people are thinking, but it's usually mundane stuff because I think it is the mundane stuff that tells us more about somebody, how they live their lives, which way the toilet paper goes when you put it on the roll. Does it go over or under? Stuff like that. So I asked today on my Twitter, my Twitter feed, New Year's Eve, are you going out, staying home, or still deciding? And currently, after just a couple hours, 14% of you are going out to party, 77% are staying home, and 9% still debating, which is fine because you have a day to think about it. Uh, I'm a stay-at-homer. We tend to ride the couch. And celebrate. That's why I talked to uh, Dennis, uh, my buddy Dennis O'Regan, just minutes ago about the fireworks show in Dallas. And how about that, Dallas? You guys are getting one of the big shows this year. I think that's very cool. Um, we are. We need to do a deep dive on this situation with those those devices in your life that are constantly listening to you, and the fact that a murder case has been uh, at the center of an argument between uh, a privacy argument where the, uh, the court wants to get a hold of the device that is listening in your home so that when you say, search this for me, it, it's saving those searches. And if the devices are always listening, what is being done with that stuff? 
And it worries me because I, I will tell you, for example, right now I'm holding an iPhone in my hand and I'm not, I, I don't have anything but the front page engaged. But if I say, hey, Siri, what's the weather like? Okay, the temperature today will range between 26 degrees and 39 degrees. See, she's listening all the time. So all those devices, it's very 1984. Orwell was so genius on this. But in order to get into this, we're going to need to bring in a legal mind. So when we come back, I want to talk about this story because a judge rendered a decision on a subpoena for that information, for that data. And I think it's, this is stepping into the, the Fifth Amendment. This is stepping into our right to privacy as well, our, our right to be secure in our own thoughts. But this is essentially dealing with uh, bugging someone. And is our technologies bugging us? Are companies bugging us? We'll get, we'll get an attorney's point of view on this. Dr. Wendy Patrick will join us next on the Glenn Beck program, of course, after the news. Come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. the Glenn Beck Pro program. However, Mr. Beck having a holiday. Mike Opelka from Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network, filling in for my friend, my boss, my old buddy, Glenn Beck. And I appreciate his trust with his franchise. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Dom Theodore, for the love and support this year. So much good has come my way in the uh, in 2016, and yet so much troubling stuff in 2016. So many things I will be happy to wave goodbye to 2016 and welcome 2017. I'm, uh, I'm excited about the future. I am very happy to put 2016 to bed. A year I lost both my parents. Just not a good year for me. Not a good memory. And I hope if you had bad memories, you too can put them away and let's, uh, let's all go forward. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a good memory I, I want to share with all of you uh, from 2016. Let me see if I can find it. This was, this was from the White House Correspondents' Dinner just about a year ago. Next year at this time, someone else 
will be standing here in this very spot, and it's anyone's guess who she will be, but... <laughs> How about a little bit of schadenfreude there? How about a little bit of oops? Oops. It's anyone's guess who she will be. wrong sir. You missed on that one. Yes, that's a little bit of schadenfreude. I can take pleasure at the unfortunate happenstance that uh, President Obama and the Democrats had. You know, what's really weird was the way that people thought this was going to be such a massive landslide. And we'll get into that. I, I talked briefly uh, last hour about the, the subpoena for, for the voice that was recorded and some of the requests made by people who have one of those Alexas or those devices you put in your house and you, you tell them to search things for you or turn down the lights or play a music number. And we're going to get into that in an hour with uh, a lawyer friend of ours. Dr. Wendy Patrick will join us. But I also wanted to, to do a little hero saluting today. We still don't have... Donald Trump's pick for the VA cabinet post. We still do not have someone who Mr. Trump would like to see handling the VA. And I know yesterday, Mr. Trump was, uh, was floating the idea, as he has in the past, as others have in the past, about privatizing the VA or giving every, every veteran a card for their medical treatment that they could take to any facility in the country and get paid back. Now, obviously, there are some issues with that and some things that need to be worked out in terms of logistics. But the fact that this president-elect is looking to help our veterans gets me on his side, gets me in his corner cheering. And the problem is so huge that anybody who brings attention to the, the lack of care that, is, that our vets are not getting. Anyone who brings attention to the problems of the VA, I will give room on whatever show I'm dealing with. And I, I happen to be introduced to one such person who also happens to be a veteran of, of the United States military. And I wanted to introduce him to you today because he is doing something that he wanted to do to call attention to it. He's not out there on the streets asking for money. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have a GoFundMe program. He's just doing what he's doing to draw attention to the problems of the veterans. And, well, I'm going I'm to let him tell the story. His name is Ernesto Rodriguez. He served this country uh, quite bravely, and uh, just recently retired. Ernesto, welcome to the Glenn Beck program, my friend. Sir, how are you? I'm good. Now, where where the heck are you today? <laughs> I am in the heart of downtown Dallas. You're in the heart of downtown Dallas. Ernesto, for, for this audience that doesn't know you, that didn't hear the interview we did on Pure Opelka earlier, how long did you serve this country, and in what branch, sir? Uh, I was in the U.S. Army. I was an infantryman, and I served uh, 15 years. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Were you deployed overseas? I was. Uh, I deployed twice to Iraq, twice to Afghanistan, the first deployment being the March 2003 invasion of Iraq. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, 
you were involved in the real serious stuff, sir. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. You're, you're all in one piece, I take it. I am. I am. Good. Good. Well, Ernesto, you, you decided that you were going to try and bring attention to the plight of the veterans, not just health care, but the fact that we lose between 20 and 22 vets every day to suicide and the mental mm-hmm. health issues that we obviously aren't addressing quickly enough. And you wanted to do something that would, that would draw attention to the issue, and what is that, sir? Uh, well, sir, I started walking from uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, on November 11th, Veterans Day, um, and decided to start a journey towards Los Angeles, California. Uh, it will be a total of 2,200 miles, um, and just just to bring awareness to uh, the 22 that we lose every day to suicide, and also the need for reform in mental health care. Uh, for active duty soldiers and veterans. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Okay. And you, you started in Tennessee, but why, why Clarksville, Tennessee? What, wh- why that starting point? So when I, uh, when I medically retired from uh, the military, um, I happened to be in Fort Campbell, and Clarksville, Tennessee is the neighboring city of okay. Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So basically you... you checked out of your base and started headed towards the West Coast, hoping to draw attention. You're walking. You're walking the whole way. And from Veterans Day to today, you've made it to Dallas. Now, I noticed something, Ernesto, and if, if you want to follow Ernesto and his, his uh, exploits, he is at Nerdnesto, which I think is a very funny name. I should talk with Stunt Brain. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Nerdnesto. Uh, you are posting videos and uh, little bits and bites of information along the way, one of which really tugged at my heartstrings when you met a homeless vet living under under a highway overpass. When did that uh, when did that meetup happen? Uh, that occurred on December 22nd as I was walking into Dallas. Uh, it was on Interstate 30. Um, I was walking down Interstate 30 and I came to this overpass. I look to my uh, to my side, and I see a big old green army duffel bag. Now I didn't know if it was going to be a veteran or not, but there was somebody moving up there, and I felt really bad because it was coming up. Christmas was coming up, so I dug into my bag. I grabbed some beef jerky, uh, protein bar, and then five dollars, and I went up and said happy holidays. Um, and as I spoke with him, I found out he was a veteran. Uh, so what happened was I, I was doing a Facebook Live at the time to show people how unfair it is that this, this gentleman, if he was a veteran, is laying on the streets after serving this country. So not, not even 10 minutes later, I got three messages from different nonprofit organizations within the Dallas area asking me the location of the gentleman to come pick him up, put him in a hotel room for the night, bring him a meal, and try to get him back on his feet. Wow. If, if, um, if you want to see this video, you posted that on, on Facebook as well. Yeah. So I, I do Facebook live. I, I try to do a little bit on every social media network, but I do tag, uh, links, but that one was so important to me because I wanted to make sure that this man got help that I posted it on every single outlet I could find. Well, that's a, a wonderful story. Uh, Ernesto, I, I, I don't I can't even begin to thank you. This is such a an important 
an important mission of yours, and I salute you for having the courage and the and the stamina to do this. Obviously, you have a long road ahead of you. How long will it take you, do you think, to get all the way to Los Angeles? I'm looking at around March, uh, beginning to mid-March at this point. Uh, I've been doing a little research on walking through Death Valley. Uh, so it may take me a little bit longer because I'm going to have to conserve my energy and my food and my water uh, through that trek. So you, are you going a, a, across I-10? Is that the way you're going to get all the way across the southwest? Uh, yes. So okay. I'll go from from 20 to 10. Uh, all right. To so El Paso, if, to Tucson, Phoenix, and then into Los Angeles. Got it. Got it. I've traveled that via Greyhound, never on foot. So I, I, I had the benefit of having a Greyhound bus ticket that would get me across the southwest. Uh, his name is... Ernesto, he is a 15-year veteran of the United States military. He is a guy I call a hero. Ernesto Rodriguez is trying to bring attention to the plight of our vets. The 22 we lose virtually every single day to suicide. Guys, men and women who serve this country who don't have to die. The one story, Ernesto, that, that always sticks in my mind is one you and I talked about before, and that is the the vet who actually took his own life in the parking lot of the VA. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think you can, you can highlight something as, as more of a cry for help and more of a need for the government to get involved and straighten out the mess that they have than a soldier who was so desperate that they actually took their life on the property in the parking lot, a lot of the VA. But what, what do we do, Ernesto? What, what can we do to either help you get the word out or help you get across the country? Cause I know you're not taking donations. Right. Um, I, I, what I, what I love, you know, saying to other people is if you do feel like donating money, uh, please donate it to a local nonprofit, uh, local charity in your area. Do your research because some nonprofits don't work as well as others. Uh, but on my behalf, donate to them. I, I, I just don't want money. Um, I have been lucky enough to surround myself with enough people that my hotel rooms, when I get a chance to stay in a hotel, are taken care of, food is taken care of. All I have to focus is on walking. But check your local organizations. Spend time with your veterans. Um, make sure that uh, they have someone to, to lean on and, and make sure that they understand that they are still strong people, even if they're asking for help. You know what I always tell folks, if you can't ask for help, you can't be strong enough to give help. And that that perception that asking for help is weakness is so misguided, and it's one we need to break now. Uh, Ernesto, I know we can find you on Twitter, at NerdNesto. Where do, how do we find you on Facebook and Instagram? Well, I've, I've, uh, Dallas has been very good to me, uh, and I've been on a lot of local media. I was able to meet some... Uh, some very um, well-recognized celebrities last night. Uh, so now they're starting to follow me. So I'm actually starting to, to hit top hit on Google. So if you look up at NerdNesto on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google, you can see all the news reports. I'm, well, I'm definitely I'm getting there. That's good. That's good. I, I love the fact that people are starting to pay attention. And the story that, that you – you shared with us that Facebook live post of that veteran living under an overpass was heartbreaking. And I'm just so pleased that th- at least three industry or three agencies 
raised their hands and came to help this man. Maybe we can we can do this. Uh, I'm happy to say, Ernesto, that the state where I'm coming to you from today, Delaware, Mm -hmm. is one of three states in the country that does not have homeless veterans. We were officially certified on Veterans Day as one of the one of the states that solved the homelessness problem and has gotten housing and care and counseling for those homeless vets. But we still have 47 other states we need to get moving on. And, and your work is so much appreciated, sir. Uh, I want to say God bless you and have a great, a great new year. You know there's an open door anytime you want to get news out. Uh, when are you leaving Dallas now? We got, if we can rally support to, to wish you well on your next leg of your journey, when are you checking out? I am checking out on the 2nd at 9 o'clock. Uh, an organization here called 22 Kill has actually started uh, organizing a walk with me. Um, if, if you're from the Dallas area, there is a huge eyeball sculpture in the middle of downtown. Uh, we're leaving from there at 9 o'clock, uh, and everybody will be walking 2.2 miles with me, and then I'll continue on my journey that day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I will post that up and encourage people to follow you on, on Twitter as well. Uh, my buddy, Nerdnesto. Ernesto, God bless you again, friend, and have a great rest of your year. Thank you. You too. When we get back, there's more news. Plus, uh, I have to give you the latest on the mic drop moment from Vladimir Putin to Barack Obama. And, oh my gosh, there's a story you're not going to believe. An arrest was made in California that if I'm ever in California, there's a good chance I would be arrested too. I'll share the story with you next on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Opelka from Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network, sitting in for my pal Glenn Beck, wrapping up 2016 and tying a cinder block to it and throwing it in the river. That's basically how I feel about this year. There are a couple of things this year that I will hang on to, one of which is the opportunity to be here. Another is is my nighttime radio show on the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to know more, go to theblaze.com, click on the button that says Channels, and click on my mug and follow me, would you? I would appreciate it. And uh, you'll you'll see what I'm up to. Before we went away, I mentioned the fact that uh, I don't know if I can ever go back to California. And I have so many great, great friends who are friends of this show and friends who live in California. I just don't know if I can go. I don't want to be arrested. I re- it's, it makes me very nervous. My buddy at TheBlaze.com, Brandon Morse, wrote the story a day ago. And he, he said, uh, California police arrest a man for driving under the influence of caffeine. Not kidding. This actually happened. A guy named Joseph Schwab, driving home from work, 
in Solano County. Reportedly, he cut off a car. Driving that car that he reportedly cut off was an agent from the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. Now, I didn't know this, but those people have arrest privileges. The agent claimed that Schwab was driving erratically, which in California is about 90% of the people I've been around on the highway. The officer pulled Schwab over and said, you need to take a breathalyzer test. The guy blew a double zero, 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 zero point zero, zero, zero. Nevertheless, she arrested him, took him to jail, said, you got to be on something the way you were driving. They did a blood test. Everything came back negative. No drugs, nothing illegal in his system. They did find he had caffeine in his system. So they have now charged him with a substance, being driving under the influence of a substance, which is perfectly legal. Sold to drivers to keep awake? How many cops do you see at a donut shop with a cup of coffee? It's craziness. California, I can't come back until you fix this. Free Mr. Schwab or arrest everybody with a Starbucks card. Come back after the break. There's more. Mike Opelka with you on the Glenn Beck program, filling out the rest of 2016, and I'll be back Monday to kick off 2017. Thank you, Mr. Beck. Uh, Jeff is on the phone from Georgia, I believe. Jeff, we were just talking with my friend Ernesto a little bit earlier about the plight of the veterans in this country and the uh, 20 to 22 we lose every single day to suicide, and you wanted to bring up something that is highlighting that as well. Hello, sir. Oh, did we lose him? Sounded like we lost his call. Well, put him on hold if he comes back. Let me know, please, Dallas. We will take care of that. Uh, earlier today, we talked about the fact that uh, that President Obama dropped the hammer, as he believed, on the Russians, kicking 35 Russian diplomats out of the country, giving them 72 hours to get out of town. The equivalent of the Old West. You got to be out of town by sundown, son. 72 hours to get out of town, to get out of America and go back to Mother Russia. And we also apparently told them we were going to take two of their compounds, one in New York and one in Maryland. Well, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin dropped a bigger hammer, basically. He called Obama's tactics irresponsible kitchen diplomacy and uh, said that it would it would hurt 
our relations, but they will take steps to further restore Russia-U.S. relations based on the policies of the Trump administration, which, you know, really, the, the, the gracious thing to do would have been to do just that. The situation here, what, what President Obama has done in the past week with both Israel and Russia, to me, is, is akin to digging a bunch of holes in the White House lawn and putting explosives out there and then covering it over with new turf. You have landmined the future for an incoming administration just because you lost, just because the coronation of Hillary Clinton did not occur, and your legacy is at stake. And what, what this president has done or is doing makes the shenanigans of the Clinton administration in the transition to the Bush administration look like a kindergarten prank. Remember, they messed up all the, all the White House keyboards. They took all the W's off. That'll fix them. Yeah. What a bunch of whiners. What a bunch of babies they were. But now this, this to me, borders on uh, massive government meddling. And to say publicly that we're going to be supportive and we are going to help with the transition and then to do the things that he is doing are just disgusting to me. They don't make any stinking sense until you think about President Obama and what his intentions are and what his intentions have always been. Here's a guy who, well, let me go back to Putin and what Putin did. After Putin heard that, that Obama was kicking out 35 diplomats and taking over these two compounds, Putin's, Putin's right hand, his, his foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said he had sent a recommendation to Putin to basically expel 35 American diplomats and take over a couple of American compounds. And everybody in the mainstream media said, yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. That's what Russia is going to do. They're going to kick out the Americans. Well, after almost two hours of reporting that nonstop on CNN and MSNBC and just about everywhere, Putin put out a statement calling this, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, irresponsible kitchen diplomacy. But he also, this is when he dropped it right on Obama's toes, a big old hammer. He said the diplomats who are returning to Russia will spend the New Year's holidays with their families and friends. We will not create any problems for the American diplomats here. We will not expel anyone. We will not prevent their families and children from using their travel and leisure sites during the New Year's holidays. Moreover, I invite all children of U.S. diplomats accredited in Russia to the New Year and Christmas children's parties at the Kremlin. Notice the wording. Notice the wording. And as I say notice the wording, I'm staring at the Christmas card I received from Vice President Joe Biden just a week ago. I'm sorry, it's not a Christmas card. It's a holiday card. It has a what looks like a Christmas tree on the cover, but on the back it says the Vice President's Holiday Tree 2016. And inside the message from the Obama administration's vice president says, happy holidays. Vladimir Putin 
In his message, I invite all children of U.S. diplomats accredited in Russia to the New Year and Christmas children's parties in the Kremlin. Gee, you think you just got the hammer dropped on your feet, President Obama? Then he added, my season's greetings also to President-elect Donald Trump and the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the perfect example of alpha mailing somebody. Putin just took the high ground, just took all the, all the air out of the Obama balloon. So there it is. Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Now, on the subject of Israel, I want to talk about Israel as well and what's going on with the United Nations and Israel. We had hoped to have Louis Gohmert on the show today. Louis is introducing a, uh, a bill, and, and several in the House have said we need to defund the United Nations because, in essence, we, one country out of the, what is it, 260 countries that are part of the U.N., we pay 22% of all the costs of the United Nations. And for those of us who live in New York, we incur 100% of the hassle every time the U.N. meets. Every single time those bobos come into town for their general assembly, which is also known as party weekends, every time those bobos come to town, New York is a mess. New York traffic is absolutely fashmeckled for forever. So I would not be opposed to defunding the United Nations or putting them on a barge and floating them out to sea. If, if you're so in love with the European Union, if you're so in love with, with – or, or put them in San Francisco. Put them in a sanctuary city like San Francisco. But get them out of here. But we were supposed to have Louis on to talk about that bill and – I guess I guess he wants to be with his family on New Year's. So I Louis on a plane. So Louis, I appreciate you. I wish you could have been here to talk about this. But in the case of Israel and Barack Obama, uh, we should talk about the duplicitous nature of this of this president. Uh, the duplicitous nature, especially when uh, when you look at what John Kerry did and said recently, and what Barack Obama said when he was trying to get elected in 2008, and he was speaking at APAC. But any agreement with the Palestinian people must preserve Israel's identity as a Jewish state with secure, recognized, defensible borders. Wait, what? Any agreement? Any agreement? Let's, let's go back and listen to the first part of that. But any agreement with the Palestinian people must preserve Israel's identity as a Jewish state with secure, recognized, defensible borders. And hmm. Interesting. He seems to have changed his position on that. Or, or am I wrong? He also said something else. Jerusalem will remain the capital of Israel and it must remain undivided. Jerusalem will remain the capital of Israel and it must remain undivided. Guess who got the votes? Guess who got elected in 2008? And then guess who has turned his back on Israel since that time? Barack Obama. One of the more disgusting flip-flops ever. And now that he has 21 days left, he's going out the door and he's sawing the bridge behind him. 
And as if that weren't enough, I wouldn't doubt he poured a little gasoline on it and dropped a match as he wandered off into the woods, if only. This president dropping, dropping friends like Israel and treating him the way they are. Now, now you will hear from your, your friends that, uh, but wait a minute. What about, uh, what about, the, uh, about the MUS? Do you know what the MUS, the Memorandum of Understanding, MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding between Israel and America? Everyone who, who you will talk to about, about Israel and what, what we've done with this UN deal, and believe me, this, this resolution is just the first part. In the next break, I'm going to tell you something that will shock you. But, but they all say, but wait a minute, what about the MUS? What about the, the fact that uh, we are MO, MOU? Why am I keep saying MUS? The, uh, the MOU with Israel, where we give Israel $3.8 billion a year for the next 10 years. We hand them that money. And it's, it's money for um, foreign military financing, as we call it. But it also is a jobs program for the United States of America. The money we give to Israel, then they turn around and then buy stuff to protect themselves. And they don't buy it from Russia. They don't buy it from France. They buy it from the United States of America. In practical terms, this is a jobs program for America that also keeps our friends in Israel safe. So if anybody pulls the MOU argument on you, just tell them, yeah, well, guess what? They buy those, they buy those planes from the United States. They buy the fighter jets from the United States. They buy the parts that they, they need for that fleet, those F-35s, from us, which keeps people employed here in America. Good jobs, union jobs, huge paying jobs. So don't play that game with me. There's more on Israel, though, and what Obama's actions did, what the U.N. actions did that I'll tell you about after the break. Michael Pelka in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Mike Opelka in for Glenn Beck, wrapping up the new, the old year and looking forward into the new year. We'll kick that off Monday. You can join me here. Uh, before I jump to my guest, I wanted to tell you what, what I was talking about with Israel and the U.N. Not only did they pass that resolution, they just approved $138,000 to build a database blacklisting any business doing ties with Israel. Anybody that's got a business doing business with Israel, prepare to be blacklisted by the UN. I'm telling you, the resolution was just the start. It is a big problem. Now, I was talking earlier about this story, this crazy story about Amazon's Echo 
that that speaker that you can talk to and it'll talk back to you and the subpoena from the prosecutors who think that it may have been a witness to a murder. And I wondered the legality of it. So I've asked our friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com to join us. Wendy has so much experience in the, in the law. Well, she's a lawyer. She also understands the trial situations and how to watch candidate, or, uh, people testifying and see what their body language says. But Wendy, uh, how are you going to know the body language of this device if it's feeding back all the data that it has? Is this, <laughs> is this scares me. Yeah, you know, we live in a brave new world, a world of drones and Siri and camera phones and all kinds of new technology, much of of which has been untested when it comes to their admissibility in court. That is going to be the problem when you have devices that are witnesses. They're not live witnesses. You can't read their body language. They don't have any. They're not alive. And it really sort of on the one hand, um, people could argue it's a greater sense of credibility because there's no inherent bias in a machine. On the other hand, if we are unsure as to the mechanics of how something works, that's going to be subject to judicial scrutiny. So these are issues that have to be briefed on both sides. There's no uh, precedent as of yet, and it's almost impossible to determine on a case-by-case basis how these kinds of devices are going to be admissible in court, although we're all going to be sitting back and watching because we're going to learn from each and every court decision as it comes down the line. Yeah, I sense this is going to go all the way to the top. I've got, I've got less than a half minute here. I hope you can hang out because I want to talk more about this, how it, how it relates to our privacy. Can you indict yourself? Can you, uh, can you incriminate yourself because your voice was recorded by a technology company? So many questions, Wendy. Please hang out and join us around the corner. Will you? Will do. All right. Wendy Patrick will join us in the next hour as we try and unravel the legal problems from our brave new world of technology. Can a drone deliver my drone? Hmm. Big questions. Michael Pelka on the Glenn Beck program. We'll be back after the news. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Friday. Happy farewell to 2016. Mike Opelka with you, sitting in for my friend Glenn Beck. If you want to know more, join me on Twitter at StuntBrain, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. You can also join me Monday through Friday evenings on the Blaze Radio Network on a show called Pure Opelka. And we've just expanded to five nights a week and Saturday morning. So 
We have plenty of room. If you want to join the conversation here today, you can do it on Twitter. So many of you have been tweeting in, and I appreciate you. We're asking what you, what you won't miss about 2016. You can also call 888-727-BECK, 888-727-2325. We're talking with my friend, our show friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, Wendy Patrick, Ph.D. She is a lawyer. She is an author. You see her on television all over the place talking about the politics and, and some of the things we're discussing today. A, a legal question about, about Amazon and these devices in our lives that listen to us, like Amazon's Echo. Do these things, could they betray us? Uh, the same way Chicago's police unions are saying, if cops wear body cameras, they need to be protected for hot mic moments where they might say something that could be, uh, I guess, a, a problem. And the unions want protection. Wendy, welcome back. I know you only have a couple of minutes here before you join some TV show, one of the hundreds you're on every day. Uh, did you hear about the cop thing in Chicago? Uh, you're going to have to fill me in, Mike. Uh, oh. There's been a couple of different incidents that we've heard about in Chicago. Okay. In Chicago, the, the police union boss is saying, well, wait a minute. If you're going to put body cameras on the cops, first of all, uh, we want more pay for any cop that wears a body camera, which I thought was pretty interesting. And the second thing, they want immunity in case the cop says something that could be considered uh, a hot mic moment, you know. An embarrassing moment. And I, I was kind of surprised by this. I think that's a, a lot of hubris on the union side. Well, you know, we, we're, we live in a day and age where everything we do and say is caught on video camera, audio recording, whether it's inadvertent, whether it's intentional, whether or not it's going to be admissible in a courtroom. So the instance in Chicago is representative of some of what we're seeing all around the nation when it comes to you know, how much are we going to be able to use of the things that are recorded. I mean, think about it this way. Uh, recordings are now being used not only to solve crimes, but to exonerate people from committing crimes. And so, too, in the law enforcement world, it's, a sh it's both a sword and a shield when it comes to how they are used in police work, when they're activated, how they're activated, whether they should have been activated or whether something that was inadvertently recorded should be admissible. So it's not a surprise that unions across the nation would be taking a look at this just to make sure that these devices are used accurately and fairly in police work. It's interesting, Wendy, isn't it, that, uh, that as you mentioned earlier, the technology is ahead of the law, that so much of what's happening is, is venturing into untested territory. Under, we're putting our toes into waters. We don't know what's underneath. And, and we, we're, we're going to have to, I guess, uh, we're going to have to have a few problems, a few kerfuffles before we actually figure it out. And I, I'm fascinated by this murder case that they're actually it looks like the judge said, I'll grant the subpoena that the the Arkansas man whose body was found in a hot tub over a year ago can now include a probe into new evidence that might be on his Amazon Echo smart speaker, which to me, that sounds like self-incrimination. I know you've only got like a minute left. Are we protected from self-incrimination by devices that might record us that are personal devices? 
You know, Mike, I could talk for a whole hour on this. It's such an interesting question because on the one hand, obviously, everybody's got a right not to incriminate themselves. On another, you, ever, you don't have to buy these devices. I mean, there's lots of people that buy devices that are voice activated and then are upset that they actually work as designed. But you also see a lot of cases where there are other things that activate devices. So you might have instances where perhaps you're recording illegally, where you don't have everybody's consent. You might have instances where something else is being recorded and it has nothing to do with the suspect. I mean, let's face it, it's unlikely somebody is going to activate a device and ask, how do I dispose of a body? How do I clean up blood in my house? Normally, they're asking about the weather or asking a device to play 70s music. So you do see that sometimes these things work as intended, and why shouldn't they be admissible? But that is not exactly just a a knee-jerk response when it comes to what a judge is going to rule as admissible. A judge is going to have to see whether whether these devices are reliable, whether they've been tested, and whether, in fact, the information is consistent enough to show to a jury. That's been untested as of yet, and that's why we're closely watching some of these early cases seeking to admit such evidence. This is fascinating stuff. Wendy, I know you're short on time. Promise me, will you come back Monday and let's deep dive in on this a little bit more? I'll grab some more cases and we'll, we'll, we'll tear it apart. It's a date. It's a date. Well, Happy New Year. <laughs> Say goodbye to 2016 and all the craziness, and let's have a great 2017, my friend. Happy New Year to you as well, Mike. Take care. That is uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick. If you want to know more about her, wendypatrickphd.com is where her digital world lives. And she really is somebody that I use on a regular basis on the nighttime show to talk about issues like this. I'm fascinated by this case, especially it it comes on the heels of uh, the, the case with that guy Durst, who was wearing a microphone in a bathroom while he was recording a a series, a documentary series, and they believe he admitted to committing a crime. They believe he admitted he confessed to murder. And now that case is currently in court, and they're saying that uh, he was was not admitting to it, and in fact he was just rambling because he was was a meth addict. It's, It's stunning what's going on right now. It's absolutely stunning, and it is the technology that's getting ahead of us. For example, today the story is breaking. The story is out there that uh, – where, where did that go? Is it Amazon? Amazon, who wants to use drone delivery for just about everything. And I was joking earlier when I said, can my drone be delivered by a drone? Well, that's probably going to happen because it, it appears that this flying warehouse, Amazon – wants to put a gigantic warehouse in orbit, 45,000 feet above the Earth, that will be a warehouse at high altitude. And when you order stuff, it'll be deployed and delivered from the floating warehouse. Imagine, sort of a giant blimp, an airship that is a fulfillment center. Now, I'm guessing it's got to be automated, because can you imagine saying, oh, I've got to get up to the... I've got to get up to the warehouse, and you have to fly up to 45,000 feet and then supervise this. But they're going to need somebody to keep it in working order. They're going to need somebody to make sure the machines stay on track. They're going to need somebody. Oh, this is just amazing stuff. We are truly uh, starting to delve into the world of the Jetsons. And this technology, warehouse, a flying warehouse, fully 
functioning flying fulfillment center that will deliver drones uh, that will dispatch drones to deliver stuff to you. Just amazing. And, you know, we, we, we worry, well, what about stuff falling from the sky? Do you know how many things are up above us right now in orbit that don't fall from the sky? There are thousands and thousands and thousands of things up there circling the planet. And they're not going to come down and clunk us on the head. Just we have to calm down about that. But I, I will be looking forward to that. I, I love the technology. I'm addicted to technology. But I also love my privacy. And uh, Dr. Wendy was talking about, uh, she was talking about um, if you record somebody and not everybody in the room has given their permission, that could be a problem. It could render something inadmissible in court. And I also believe that not only do we have a Fourth Amendment, a Fifth Amendment issue here, but we also have a Tenth Amendment issue because every state is different. Every state has different requirements on if you can record a phone call. For example, do you remember the, uh, the story of Monica Lewinsky and the phone calls where she admitted what happened with Bill Clinton? She didn't know those calls were being recorded, but the state where they were being recorded only required one party to consent. And there was the, the rub, as it were. Lewinsky could not prevent those tapes from getting out because one party, namely the party recording her, knew they were being recorded. But I think now when you, let's say you call a customer service line, they always say, uh, by the way, for training purposes, we record all our calls. And I want you to uh, start trying this out. Every time somebody says that to me, I always say, oh, yeah, that's great. We do that here, too. I'm recording you on this end. And pay attention to see if anybody picks up on it. Typically, they don't. But every now and then, you will get someone who says, wait a minute, you're recording me? And I always say, yeah, sure I am. You're, you're recording me. Why can't I record you? It seems like it's only fair. Really. Another story I want to get to, and we will get to this after the bottom of the hour, we talked about all the celebrities who died this year. And yes, this week, the horrific tragedy to the Fisher family with Carrie Fisher passing away at 60. And then 24 hours later, her mother, Debbie Reynolds, dying. Can you die of a broken heart? Is that, is that a thing? Is that possible? Well, we're going to talk to a doctor about that very subject. And he's going to give us the explanation but before we get to that, there is a story that's floating out there. And it's one that I'm surprised hasn't gotten more attention. It is a, a rant against Caitlyn Jenner. A rant saying that Caitlyn Jenner should not be named one of Glamour Magazine's Women of the Year. The magazine making that announcement or about to make the announcement, which will be the 25th anniversary. But somebody said, I think misogyny plays a really big part in all of this. That a man who goes to these lengths to become a woman will be a better woman than someone else who was just born a woman. Interesting. Imagine if I said that. If I said Caitlyn Jenner being named woman of the year or one of the women of the year by Glamour magazine was misogyny. 
that a, that a, a man who goes to these lengths to become a woman will be a better woman than someone who's just born a woman? Do you think I'd have my job? Do you think if I went on to say, just because you lop off your mm-hmm and then wear a dress doesn't make you a mm-hmm woman? If I said, I've asked my doctor to give me long ears and liver spots and I'm going to wear a brown coat, but that won't turn me into a cocker spaniel. Do you think I'd still have my job? Somebody actually said that. Somebody actually went public with that criticism of Jenner and hasn't really been called out. I'll explain to you what I'm talking about around the corner. Mike Opelka in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Coming to you live from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Delaware. This is the Glenn Beck Program, hosted today and Monday by Mike Opelka. I am also here on the Blaze Radio Network, nightly, Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern on a show called Pure Opelka. You're welcome to join. Looking for a little holiday film to see? I know a lot of people are saying, go see Sing. Go see Sing, the animated thing with all the animals singing. You might encounter some social justice warriors protesting out in front because they say it's racist. You have to see it for yourself to believe it. But uh, you also might want to take a look at something. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's in theaters yet, but it looks like it could be very entertaining. New from Disney and Pixar, in association with the producers of Where's Waldo, comes a major motion picture for our time, ripped from the headlines, especially if the only headlines you see are on HLN. She's lost and all alone in a great big world, flushed from the headlines, trying to make it back home. Is she in the woods? Is she out of the woods? Is she in a coffee house? Is she being hacked by the KGB? Or in a secluded underwater prison, a captive of the evil Trump fish. Finding Hillary. Just keep voting, just keep voting, just keep the voting. The latest post-apocalyptic, post-election animated classic featuring a two-dimensional candidate in a three-dimensional political world. Finding Hillary. Opening Friday. Ready, gee whiz, will you get over it? Thank you, Doc Thompson. My buddy Doc Thompson sent that to me, and <laughs> I love it. Obviously, it's not a real, a real movie. I will get back to my topic about the uh, offensive comments made about Caitlyn Jenner. But Jeff is on the phone again from uh, Georgia. Jeff, I'm sorry we lost you earlier. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program, sir. Hey, Mike. Thanks for giving me a second chance. Yeah. everybody. You know, I am the leader of the First Church of the Second Chance, and I believe that everyone deserves... <laughs> well, I appreciate it. A second chance. I wanted to share a couple things about the 22 Lives uh movement that Ernest was talking about. 
Okay, what what? Uh, let me just fill everybody in. What what Jeff is talking about is before last hour we talked to uh, Ernesto Rodriguez, who is a, a former a former fifteen um, year Army guy who retired, who is walking from Tennessee all the way to California to raise awareness of the vets, especially those who are committing suicide at the rate of up to twenty two a day. And Jeff wanted to chime in on another way to uh, draw attention to this problem. Yeah, so I honestly didn't know about it until Christmas. My wife, um, I, I'm a big fan of NineLine.com's apparel, which is a wounded veterans-owned uh, company. And uh, I live about two miles from the headquarters, and so I have a lot of T-shirts. And so she gave me a 22 Lives T-shirt for Christmas, and that's when she told me about it. But so I just want everybody to know they can go there and they can uh, buy the T-shirts and everything else, and everything that they buy there goes to wounded uh, wounded warriors, but the other thing is that I thought was pretty cool is there's a, unlike these like mannequin challenges and white bucket challenges, there's a, a 22 day challenge where you tag your friends on social media. You're supposed to do I guess 22 push-ups for 22 days or something like that. But it brings awareness out, and uh, I think it's really cool. I'm a veteran myself, so um, uh, I appreciate you know all these kind of things that people are doing. Well, Jeff, thank you for your service. What branch did you serve in, sir? Oh, I was in the United States Army. God bless you. Now, um, in in terms of of that that company that is owned by Wounded Vets, that's giving the uh, a portion of their proceeds to help Wounded Vets. What what is the name of that company? Because I didn't catch it. it. It's Nine Lines. Nine Lines. Yes, exactly like that. Uh, okay. Their, their shirts stick out everywhere in the crowd. I have, every time I wear one, somebody is always wearing one and comes to me and like, hey, nice t-shirt. You know, it, they're, they're a real, it's a really good uh, good uh, uh, thing that they're doing. Okay, beautiful. I will get I will get it out there. I will look for it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble getting it up on the computer now, but I, and I'm up against a hard break. But, Jeff, thank you for your service. Thank you for calling attention to this. And uh, I hope to be sporting one of those shirts myself soon. Thanks, Uh, Mike. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. When we get back, uh, can you die of a broken heart? We lost uh, Debbie Reynolds the other day. She lost her daughter, Carrie Fisher. Dr. Jorge Rodriguez joins us because apparently this is a real thing. And look, our hearts are kind of important to us. Number one killer in America is heart disease. We'll find out about this next on the Glenn Beck Program. Come back, won't you? is the Glenn Beck Program. Michael Pelka with you on the Glenn Beck Program on this, the final Friday of uh, 2016, a year I will long to see in my rearview mirror and won't miss in the immediate future. It is a year that, that saw, well, there were some good things. Look, I got to participate 
in in my Super Bowl. In other words, I got to attend both of the political conventions. I had a front row seat to all the all the New York shenanigans and all the press conferences that Donald Trump was involved in. And then I was afforded the opportunity for the Blaze and the Blaze Radio to host or visit both conventions, both the GOP convention in Cleveland and the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. Very unique experiences, each one of them. I think the, the one unifying thing that both conventions have are the hats. Everybody's got ridiculous hats. That is, that I, and I always look for things that unite us versus things that divide us. And if you're talking about political conventions, there is precious little other than the fever and the fervor and the hats. And I, I had a lot of fun taking pictures of the hats. Now, I mentioned we were going to be talking about some of the notable deaths of the year. Obviously, David Bowie, Prince Muhammad Ali, Justice Scalia, and so, so many. But in the last week, everyone's been fascinated and uh, heartbroken over the, the death of Carrie Fisher at 60 and her mother, Debbie Reynolds, who died uh, 24 hours after, after uh, Carrie Fisher died. It's got to be heartbreaking. It's got to be heartbreaking. But can you die of a broken heart? And that was uh, the thing we were trying to figure out. And um, I'm hoping, I don't know, do we have Dr. Jorge on the phone yet? Is our buddy Dr. Jorge there? All right, we're trying to get him, so we will deal with this. There, there is a, uh, an actual condition that says that uh, you, you can die. You can die from a broken heart. It's something that happens to you. Uh, while we wait for Dr. Jorge, I'll call your attention to my survey question of the day. We are, uh, we're asking, New Year's Eve. Are you staying in? Are you going out? Or haven't you decided yet? Answer the poll. It is on uh, my Twitter, it, at StuntBrain, at S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. I like to get to know this audience based on the little things in your life. So now that we have our buddy Dr. Jorge here, if you want to know more about him, drjorge.com is the place you can get the Wellness Wednesday tips from my buddy, a board-certified internal medicine doctor, also a guy who has written books about your health, specifically focusing on how to avoid diabetes, which I think is a, a, an epidemic in this country, and it takes just little common sense things to deal with. And um, I'm going to ask Dr. Jorge the poll question before we get to the broken heart question. Dr. Jorge, are you staying in? Are you partying? Or have you not decided yet, Mike? I have not. Hey, Mike, how are you? First of all, Merry Christmas, and I have not decided yet. We're actually going to an L.A. Kings hockey game that ends around 1030 and then after that we'll decide whether we go to a party we were invited to or not I'm a little bit of a cold uh chances are you know what we'll go out a little bit but i don't like to party too much on, on new year's eve i think it's kind of uh kind of an amateur's night you know it, it usually doesn't live up to the expectation yeah i've i have to admit sheepishly i was part of the amateur night years ago and have uh, backed off after i realized just how, how much dumb stuff we did and are so lucky to still be here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, I did New Year's Eve for work a couple of times, Times Square, and it's crazy. And if you're working, you can say, I'm sorry, I'm not drinking, and you can stay sober, and it's wonderful. But to be among a million people is not my idea of a good time. It's for folks much younger than I. So I will be riding the couch watching Kathy Griffin 
and uh, Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. And I've got a buddy who's producing the uh, 1 a.m. show from Dallas. You'll be at the hockey game. Who are they playing, by the way? Who are the Kings playing? I, I think they're playing the San Jose Sharks. Ooh. Yeah, who's right up there, I think, number two. And, you know, and the Kings are on the bubble to make the playoffs. And uh, can, you, can you believe this? A Cuban boy who probably didn't see ice till he was 24, you know, into <laughs> hockey. It's crazy. <laughs> a Cuban boy who didn't see ice until it was being shaved into a mojito. <laughs> but, no, the, um, I'm a hockey fan. I'm an undying, unabashed Chicago Blackhawks fan. And uh, you guys almost Ooh. knocked us off a couple you, of seasons you, you ago. You just said fighting words when you yeah. said Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, that uh, we're the original six. We're part yeah. of the original six in the NHL, and three of the last six Stanley Cups went to Chicago. So, yeah. but I got uh, I got to tell you something. Chicago fans are great fans, and even when they were playing at the Kings a couple of years ago, we were up in Chicago, and and they were yeah you know they you bantered back and forth but the whole time they were very respectful and just really great fans well plus your team is you've got fast skaters on that team that <laughs> is a fast and tough team and enough with hockey talk yes enough can we talk now the debbie reynolds story it just it it struck a chord with me because grief is a, a, a such a powerful thing and an overwhelming stress thing can you die of a broken heart you can you you and let me let me uh, clarify that. You know, there have been lots of studies that have shown that people that have been married or together for decades, um, they they die sometimes within weeks of each other, mm-hmm. um, statistically greater than they would have. But there is a definitely a syndrome called broken heart syndrome that we doctors called stress induced cardiomyopathy. To put it very simply, when you're under times of great stress or great sadness your body releases this hormone called cortisone. And cortisone we have in small amounts, but when it's released, when it bombards your body in such high amounts, um, it can cause the heart to have crazy rhythms. It can cause your blood pressure to go up. But what has been noted is that in many people, it actually makes the heart muscle sick. It's called cardiomyopathy. And the heart muscle, uh, the Japanese have a name for it called takatsubo, uh, and I practice saying that because it looks like some sort of urn that they keep octopuses in. I looked all this bizarre stuff up. So the heart just sort of gives up and just becomes flaccid. Hmm. So it, it's, it's crazy, but it definitely can happen. So in the case of, of somebody like Debbie Reynolds, who, who died suddenly, and the initial report was a stroke. Right. So that possibly could have been, and I'm, I'm playing my amateur doctor role here, uh, elevated heart rate that stressed the arteries, and she blew out an artery and had a stroke, and, and that may have taken her or pushed her over the edge. That Is could that... have done it. Her blood pressure could have gone way up, and that also could have blown an artery. Uh, you know, so people that are more fragile, that already have heart disease, that have partially broke, uh, blocked arteries, definitely are at higher risks at times of greater stress when things like this happen. Uh, it could be fear. It could be a divorce. You know, it, it, it could be a letter from the IRS. It could be almost anything. <laughs> but it, sadness can definitely, and mourning can definitely affect you. Well, they, they say that those, those uh, big life events can build up. For example, if you move, if you change jobs, if you get married, if you get divorced, the loss of a loved one. And if you compound all of those, uh, they, they could have, a, uh, I guess, a, an avalanche of emotion that takes you into the spiral and in this case, what was the Japanese word for it again? I think it's tokatsubo. Tokatsubo. 
I think I ordered that last night. <laughs> I think I got sick from eating it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, it's, uh, it's, it's such an important topic. I'm not trying to make light of heart disease. No, no, no. Especially on National Bacon Day. I don't know if you knew this. National Bacon Day is today, and I, I haven't had any yet. I plan on having a little bacon later. How bad today is our is heart Today is National to- Bacon Day? Seriously? Yeah, yeah seriously. All right. Well, Mike, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I live with a Texan. Yeah. And two Thanksgivings ago, our turkey was a nice turkey, really latticed on the outside with bacon strips. And um, so I took an extra Lipitor that day and enjoyed uh, <laughs> bacon. But you know what? We, we are making light of it. The key is that heart disease is the number one killer in this country, the number one killer. Almost 700,000 people a year die from heart disease. And I always get a little annoyed with people when they don't want to take medications for their cholesterol or their blood pressure because they're feeling fine. And the problem with heart disease is that you feel fine until the day you don't. And then it may be too late. So a word to the wise, if, if you're over 40, if you have a high blood pressure or diabetes, for God's sake, check your heart. It is what keeps you alive. And, and you're saying, check your heart. Don't just go to the, the health chair at Wegmans and put your hands on the no. blood pressure meter. No, listen, I'm going to do some wellness Wednesdays about the difference between high blood pressure, a stroke, and heart attacks, because people really confuse them all. Uh, think of it this way. If you have a lawn, under the lawn is the PVC piping that supplies water, right? Yep. For all you know, if you look at your lawn and it looks green, you're getting enough water to your lawn. You're getting enough blood. But you don't know if the pipes are 80% clogged. And Mm. one day, one of them is going to get clogged 100%, and that sprinkler is not going to give water. That's a heart attack when that part of the lawn dies. So if you have a family history, if you're overweight, you need to ask your doctors to do more thorough tests than just a blood pressure or even an EKG. All right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now getting panicked, not just about my lawn. No, but go ahead and enjoy your bacon ice cream or whatever you're having today. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, from the guy who had a turkey wrapped in bacon last year. <laughs> but you did take I had a per- little bit. <laughs> a little bit, right, right. Weren't you the guy who was telling me about uh, flan? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, flan. Listen, another, another motto of mine is if you can do it, moderation and everything. You well, know? I think that's uh, key. You know, because yeah. if you, I really do believe that. I think in diets, if you deprive yourself of too much stuff, you, you end up binging and, and going overboard. Well, it so, is about, and, and you and I have had these talks for years, and this is Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. DrJorge.com is his site. He's a great author. He's a common sense guy. He's a physician, an internal medicine guy, and he speaks plainly to us in the, in the layman's world about health and medicine. And you're my go-to guy and stuff like this, uh, I'm Thank sorry you. to say we had to bring up the topic of a broken heart can kill you. Now we know it, it can. It's not exactly your heart breaking in half. But uh, going forward in the new year, Dr. Jorge, I hope we can talk about uh, January and what, what we all need to do to kick off uh, the new year and stay healthy. And I hope you and, you'll carve out some time for us going forward. I, I would love so. I, I'd love to do that. And, you know, we'll, put on a, we'll get on a plan together. So thank you, Mike. Well, the last time we did that, you told me I couldn't drink for the month of January. Well, did you listen to my advice? I listened. <laughs> Application was a different thing. I know. All right. And, and I'm still about to send your, your Christmas present, and you'll see what it is. 
I can't <laughs> wait. I have one for you, too. It's a trophy, and I think you're going to love it. Oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> but uh, good luck to your uh, your Kings. We'll see you in the playoffs, sir. Thank you. I'd love that. That would be great. We could banter back and forth. And Happy New Year to you and yours, Mike, and, all to, and to your listeners. Thanks, Dr. Jorge. Take care, right. my friend. Have a great one. Thank you. He is one of the good guys out there, one of the good guys who explains medicine the way uh, I wish my doctor and I wish my brother, who is a physician, he's a surgeon, I wish he could speak as as plainly and as clearly as Dr. Jorge, just a a good guy, and I I appreciate him so much. When we get back, I think I have one more little story to share with you, and then we'll wrap up 2016. I've got to put a bow on 2016, and, and as I said, I'm tying lead cinder blocks to it and dropping it in the ocean. Michael Pelka in for my buddy Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Mercury. It is the Glenn Beck Program, wrapping up 2016. Micah Opelka from Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network saying thank you for joining me today and being a part of the show. So many of you participated via the Twitter. And uh, we'll be back Monday. Monday, I have a very important story about the U.N. There is something happening at the U.N. that nobody's paying attention to. At least I don't think so. If you remember Agenda 21... And how evil it was. Then you should know and you should want to be here Monday because the U.N. took Agenda 21 and pulled it off the table. Once we started pointing it out, once we exposed the one world government plan of Agenda 21, the U.N. shut down that program. But it's coming back. And it's bigger and more dangerous than the previous one. I will explain that to you on Monday. Plus, we're going to look at food trends. We'll talk to Dr. Wendy more about your privacy. And I want to share something with you. When we started 2016, my, my dream, my goal, my mission was to be situationally aware at all times and try and be more attentive to situations around me. And I think I accomplished that. However, I want to put a new a new mission in place for 2017. And it struck me yesterday when I saw a rose bush trying to kick out a flower in, in late December here in Delaware yesterday. And I thought nature is relentless. Nature never stops trying to create beauty. Nature just never gives up. And so for 2017, I'm really hoping that I can be more like nature, that I can be relentless, but I can be relentless in my efforts to create things that are beautiful, things that contribute, things that make people smile. Yes, we'll still educate, but let's push. Let's be relentless. Let's make beautiful things in 2017. Testudo, my friends. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.